Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hi, everyone, and welcome, Chan. Thank you. It's always nice to be here. Today, we're going to speak about Sutra 12th to 16th. We say that if uh, yoga is citta virite niroda, which means it's a stilling of the mind, of the movements of the mind, this sutra will explain how does this stilling happen. Yes. But uh, let's just give a brief recap of what we said in the previous episode. So, the Yoga Sutra begins by saying, now we will study yoga. Then yoga is defined as, uh, as you just mentioned here, the, the stilling of the movements of the mind. Then uh, it says what happens when the movements of the mind have been stilled. It means you will rest in your own being. And if you don't uh, do that, then you will continue to identify with the movements of the mind. So then after that, in, in, in the previous episode, the movements of the mind were defined were kind of categorized as five. And those five categories uh, of movements of the mind are right knowledge, error, imagination, sleep, and memory. And then those were, were each defined. So those are the vrittis, the movements of the mind, that are to be stilled by yoga. So then, as you, as you said, now these five Sutras we will discuss today, they say how are these five movements stilled by yoga? Let's um, let's start then with the Shloka 12. Yes. So, Shloka 12 says, Abhyasa vairagyabhyam tan nirodha. The vritti states of the mind are stilled by practice and dispassion. So this means that yoga has two sides, practice and dispassion. Like meaning making an effort, but also letting go. So you, you need both of those. You need to make an effort, but also let go. So I know that vairagya, like literally, means beyond rag, which means color. So... Like literally, it it kind of gives the analogy of being transparent. So it's not it's not really like um, that you don't care about things or you don't do things, uh, but rather you are you are not entangled in things. You don't get affected by this different kind of. Mm, things <laughs> that are around that are like uh, said in in this word vairagya that you translated as dispassion is the word that uh, Edwin Bryant uses in his translation. Okay, then uh, in Shloka fifteen we're gonna see a little bit more the meaning of uh, the word vairagya. Do you want to explain? Uh, do you have any examples for for this sutra? Uh, yes, um, I heard some, some nice comments from Mons Bru, who has been on this podcast before. So, um, 
like he he kind of um, explains why it's diff- uh, why it's important that yoga means both practice and detachment or dispassion or the, yeah, this mm-hmm. this word vairagya uh, and it is because if you only have the practice th- then you, you may either get f- frustrated like when when th- when you're not like successful with your with your practice or you may be, may become very proud if if you are successful all the time uh, and if if you only have detachment like if you only have the like letting go uh, then then you you may become kind of careless and uh, you may become complacent and then he he gave some examples like like also how uh, they are like like and they need to be kind of interconnected for your yeah, like yogic development so for example if if you if you have a good session of practice whether it's mantra recitation or asana practice pranayama for example if if you have like a good session and you become attached to that then you may become discouraged let's say the next time or disappointed the next time if you don't have the same experience next time mm. and also if you have a bad a bad one a bad session where you just can't get fo- you can't seem to focus or uh, it's too painful to do a certain asana or something like that then you may also like if you're not detached to that then you know that may for example make you think next time no i'm not going to do it because it's it was like this last time so so that's where this detachment comes in it's like in in relation to the practice so we can see that detachment is a kind of a broad thing. It both means, you know, in relation to things you have to give up to be able to do your practice, but also it needs to be there within the practice as well. Yeah, very yeah. beautiful. So with that, we can move on. So that this this sutra number 12, you know, says that yoga means both practice and detachment. So then there are two sutras explaining practice and two sutras explaining detachment. Yeah. So very uh, pedagogic and logical. So the next sutra, first of the two that explains practice, goes tatra stitau yatno bihasa, which means from these practice is the effort to be fixed in concentrating the mind. So that is that even though it, like it is the final goal of yoga to have to have the the mind kind of controlled and concentrated still there is some some of that also in the beginning like you can have it still and then the practice is to keep it still of course we, we practice to still it and we, when we get some kind of glimpse of that we, we try to kind of protect that glimpse if we have that like little little flame we try to we, we try to keep that lit yeah so monsbru like commented that uh, that the practice part may, may be more important in the beginning than the letting letting go part. Like we kind of need to put in some more effort to kind of get some focus established. Because he he brought up that it's it's often kind of thought nowadays that all paths lead to the same goal. So all we have to do is to just be detached and and see where life takes us. Therefore, he emphasizes that the yoga sutras are describing like practice to also be like 
you have to yes you need to have this detachment like you can't control outcomes but still you have to also make some effort and you're, you're making an effort in a certain direction as well so without that effort you're not going to go where only renunciation will bring you the practice is is something you you actually do towards a certain goal you can think this practically you know like when like how many times you wake up in the morning and think oh i really don't want to do yoga or i don't want to do that or i don't want to go to work some things like that but then you push yourself and you go and you do and then you get your salary and then you you know you keep on in life like it's very important to to push forward the times when our mind or our mood it says oh i just don't want to do that yes yes that is the practice part mm. we, we we really need that we need to kind of take action yeah and then we have the sutra 14th that still speaks about abhyasa yes about practice so the sutra 14 goes like this satu dirgha kala nairantarya satkara sevito dridhabhumi practice becomes firmly established when it has been cultivated uninterruptedly and with devotion over a prolonged period of time so here we may think of uninterrupted in different ways because if if we think that we will have to practice yoga uninterruptedly it may sound very uh, overwhelming so so one way to think of uninterrupted is that it is every day therefore monsparu commented that it is since like regularity is very helpful mm-hmm. for, for for the mind it is better to do 15 minutes of practice every day than to do like two hours here and there like totally sp- spread out you know two months this week two months yeah sorry two week, uh, two hours this week uh three hours one time next week uh, you know yeah. it's it's better to have like a regular practice for the mind to get actually also attached to the practice yeah that's very emphasized in the asian world not much here like in japan where where i was born every single person and all the students like before starting school they gather uh, in front of the school in some yard or something and they do 10 or 20 minutes of gymnastic and breathing exercises and this happens also in offices like workers before starting the day they they do some stretchings breathing exercises like in front of their desk if they don't have a place to do that and they start their day like that and no matter what they do that it's like brushing your teeth you know you're not just brushing your teeth whenever you want or yeah only during the weekend you just do it's like routine and it's good and you know it's good yeah it's true like like there wouldn't be much of a point to brush your teeth once a week and brush it for like an hour (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's good to keep it up and uh uh yeah i've i've um I've heard that, that about about Japan. Also, there was one instance I heard where, like, one Japanese company was doing like a 
collaboration with a European company and when they had a meeting about whether they should do this uh, collaboration then the Japanese representative just like sat down for for a while and, and meditated before like giving his decision kind of yeah yeah they're also following a lot the the seasons and the moon cycles in order to get the important like business decisions like for example they never take decision business decision in march because there is the shifting from spring uh, sorry from winter to spring and it's a very strong a very strong influence where you shift from quote unquote the world sleeping to the world outside and usually we are going into a detox process inside our body which makes us heavy so we are unable to take very clear and sharp-minded business decisions so they don't oh that's very interesting yeah (laughs) thank you for sharing um so if we come back to the uninterrupted practice so like one way to think of uninterrupted uh, is then to think of it as something regular that you do every day so not interrupting it in that sense. Uh, and then another way to think of uninterrupted is that you extend the practice, even if you're not, you know, maybe sitting down and reciting mantras all day or doing asanas all day. You bring the spirit of that with you uh, into into the rest of your day and try to kind of maintain what you're experiencing in your practice uh, in your more like formal like practice session yeah that's very nice and also like in italy there is a saying when someone is grumpy or angry or you know moody we say oh he or she woke up on the wrong food means that uh, you become upset for something in the morning and then you carry on this mood all towards the day and it is effective and it is happening so it's so important to put conscious into that stepping out from the bed like waking up that's also why in our tradition we we do meditations and uh, breathing exercise early in the morning because it really sets the rest of the day yes yes definitely and um you had Markosak here on the on the podcast last year yeah and um, he also talked about this how to extend the practice like how his teacher told him that he should have to has to practice was it 20 hours a day or something like that yeah yeah and he was like how do i do that and, and then he explained i think it was something like his his teacher told him to even the way he's holding the bag yeah he's holding um, a handbag and also the way he's holding the handle in the bus to keep yourself balanced, you know? Mm. And uh, like in all small details, just put consciousness in what you do and uh, try to be aware of what you do. Mm. Like if you think just about breathing, we literally breathe from the day one we are on earth to the last day. How much are we conscious about it? You know? So, yeah, it's very important to, to put consciousness into what we do. Yes, because like, breathing is so important for our state of mind. Yeah. So, so 
we can actually breathe consciously even if we're not maybe sitting and doing a pranayama session we can still uh, yeah. breathe with awareness throughout the day as well so then we have talked about practice so now comes the two sutras describing uh, this dispassion or renunciation letting go drishtanushravika vishaya vitrishnasya vashikara samgya vairagyam dispassion is the controlled consciousness of one who is without craving for sense objects whether these are actually perceived or described maybe i will read the next one also immediately but then we can discuss them both together mm. so number 16 uh, is tatparam purusha kyater guna vaitrishnyam higher than renunciation is indifference to the gunas themselves this stems from the perception of the purusha soul so this talks about two stages of detachment two stages of of, of letting go you could actually say in the second sutra it's having let gone so in in the first stage of detachment you you are aware that you are detached like things things have lost their color so vairagya like they are not attractive to you the things that are like not good for your yoga practice or uh, contrary to enlightenment but you're still aware that they are there and these may be inner things or outer things often the detachment for outer things will come first like you may not you know desire anymore things that are, that are bad for you but you may have inner things that are that are bad for you which can even be pride for having let gone of the things outside mm. or pride of, pride of your practice or but, but on this a second level when you've actually come in touch with you're actually resting in your own being then you're like not even aware that there was something to be renounced from and i was thinking of like like an example of this could be like let's say you're a drug addict and you you kind of know very well the city where you live and where you can go and buy and and then you stop that then then you're like still aware like you're aware of how bad your life was when having that but still when you walk through the city you know exactly oh, like this is where i used to and this is where this guy is selling that and and so you and you kind of have to maintain distance from those things but then like let's say someone who has, who has no idea about that like 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 they're also like they're completely detached from, from these from these things but and they are not even, not even aware that that they exist mm. basically so so there is a a difference between those like levels of detachment like from one of the from from the former one you could fall back into it but not from the from the second one yeah, in Sutra 16, it says that vairagya is also when you're when you're beyond the thirst of even the gunas, which we we talk a lot about the gunas in our Bhagavad Gita podcast. So, do you want to say something about it? Yes. Yeah, so, 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 like the gunas are the strands of nature. What keeps nature going, like the creation maintenance destruction the thing that everything within the world goes in in cycles of yeah. so to be beyond the thirst 
of the guna. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that is this second phase when you you know like not it's like not even being aware that there was something to to want there. It's like you have forgotten basically about about distractions. Because I f- I feel like more that means like to be beyond the fear of death, for example, and like the greed of power during your life and uh, and those kind of things yeah but also there like there can be one level of like let's say like like you're like not afraid of death because you know that you will live on even after dying let's say like that but the second kind the second like level of detachment would be like you're not afraid of death because you don't even you can't, can't even like relate to death anymore like it's not there's no such thing as death mm. so it's, it's just like not an issue this is like the question doesn't even come up kind of yeah that makes sense and uh, but also in this it is like uh first state of of detachment it is also something that comes comes gradually and and also within that kind of process there is also like an understanding that some attachments are, are are not so bad and some other attachments are uh, worse so you, you kind of prioritize and you focus on like what is most important to work on like you're not like frantically trying to detach from everything whatsoever but. yeah and through abhyas actually you will reach vairagya yes and also at the same time, there needs, there needs to be a little vairagya in your abhihasa too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as yeah, as as was as Monspero mentioned, like the the, the abhihasa is it, there is more focus on abhihasa in the beginning. Mm. So then we're gonna next episode we're gonna speak about uh, Sutra seventeenth to twenty two, where where it's a, it is explaining the definition of samadhi and uh, it will give a very very broad explanation he will give different stages of samadhi so it's very it's very beautiful how it's <laughs> it's explained yes yes like like it's all, all very fascinating mm. it's uh you know, like, like like throughout the Yoga Sutras, you, you get you know explanations of both you know earlier stages, middle stages, and later stages, and so we can hear about these like fascinating things about different levels of higher stages that are maybe not so, so like relevant to us now, but but it's beautiful in the overall picture when you see that you're maybe progressing through lower stages, so you, so like you know that you're on the right track, as some commentators have have pointed out. So yes, I'm also looking forward to delving into this over the next couple of weeks. Okay, so thank you and see you next time. Thank you. Bye. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any question, please get in touch at aikoota.com.